and welcome back to another episode of Commission Impossible. This is our 10th episode, and I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but we are just seven days past a year doing this show. <laughs> nice. I did not know that. So we, we missed our anniversary, but that's that's all right. That's all right. I knew it was around playoff time. We came up with this idea. It happened uh, really quickly. I know when I'm starting new yeah. leagues, I come up with an idea and two days later I've got a new league and it's filled and we're rolling. You're the opposite of that. You like to make sure everything is, is perfected, which is probably the wiser way to handle it. Um, but, but with this, we, we came up with the idea. Somebody suggested it on Twitter. We jumped in and started podcasting uh, just a few days later. And now it's been a year later. I know, and only ten episodes, which, which is uh, is pretty funny to me that we've done ten episodes in a year. But uh, uh, compared to our other podcast, but yeah, we, we, I think we that's perfect. Out. Yeah, it's perfect. It feels about right. It feels like every time we do one of these episodes, we have tons to talk about, which is nice. So, uh, like several of the most recent episodes, we get a ton of questions, and we just want to answer them, and we feel like answering them helps. A ton of people, you know, and and it's fun to look at these questions and and maybe think about our own leagues. So, do we want to just get started through these, Ryan? Let's do it. All right, from at Mister Ultimate, and I found this this couple tweets pretty funny. What advice do you have with managing a league with forty eight to fifty six teams and multiple copies of players? We both have these leagues going on right now, Ryan. His bylaws. He, he tweeted his bylaws to ask if I liked them, uh, asked if we liked them. And they were basically, you know, they were basically pigs bylaws only edited up. <laughs> In fact, some of the boxes were the exact same. And I'm like, oh, yes, of course I like these. <laughs> but do you have any, do you have any tips with managing that, that many owners? Is it much different than managing 12 for you? Um, not really, honestly. I, I use a lot of um, Google Docs to manage things um, with the kitchen sink leagues, just with so many owners um, and so so much going on in those leagues. That's just another way to, to keep up with everything, trying to do that uh, via email or, or on the league message board would not, not really work well. But Overall, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's much different, and that's assuming you have good owners. Of course, when you bring 48, 56, uh, most of my leagues are 24 people. Obviously, the more people you get, the I guess the better chance you're going to get at kind of having that rotten egg owner who who makes things difficult for everyone. But like so many things in in fantasy football, from a commission perspective, if you have good owners, things are going to work pretty smoothly. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, I I don't find it a whole lot different. It depends on how. It depends on if you have certain things. Like I know this guy mentioned a payout for be beating every one of the other teams, all forty-seven other teams, which my leagues have those as well. Uh, as of recently, especially, um, that that's something to keep track of. I'd say the one tip, the only tip that I really would have for that, is make sure the league name or the the team name on the site has either the Twitter handle or the person's name in it. Like make that one of your rules because otherwise it can get very confusing very fast. And uh, that that's one week way I keep it a little bit more organized. Yeah, that, that is a good tip. And um, I don't do that, but I like that idea. Um, I've got, uh, 
people who play in multiple leagues and in different leagues they use different team names which is of course their their privilege to do but exactly. it, it makes things a little uh confusing trying to remember who is who and um and things like that and then we've got those those people who like to change their team name every couple weeks those people yeah I don't like those people. No, no, <laughs> no, no I, I, I do. I'm thinking of a couple, a couple guys who are awesome guys, but they, they like to switch things up and, and change their team names, and it does make for a challenge as a, as a commish. Yeah, that's it. it definitely does. I, it, they come up with so, such creative names. It's fun, but yeah, to just to keep them straight, I like to say, hey, put the name, put your name in the parentheses, so I know exactly who's who for, you know, going forward. Ah, uh, Miyagi and Daniel Sun at FF Gods 412 asks, I have a 12-team IDP dynasty. One owner already said he's leaving at the end of the season. I have a way to run a league with 11 teams. Am I crazy or should I find an owner to take over this truly useless team? It must be a really bad team. Um, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this? I, I have actually done this before, so I, I do have thoughts on this, but do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I, I, I've never done this. Um, I, I mean, I guess he says he has a way to, to run it with 11 teams. Yep. I guess there's really no reason not to, if, if he feels like he's come up with, um, a plan that's going to work as far as schedule and, and things like that. Um, then of course you have to deal with uh, dispersing those players from the twelfth team that's folding. So to me, it's to me it's just easier to find um, to find somebody to take that team. Uh, but like everything, there's there's no one right path for yeah. for, for every way he feels good about it. Give it a shot. Yeah, if you can figure out a way to fairly disperse those players, whether it be, you know, throw them into the rookie draft and you're okay with that since there's not a lot of them or whatever because it sounds like the team is pretty bad, then that's cool. I, I will say I had a 14-team league, and, and this might be a little easier to do it, but a 14-team league uh, have this happen once. And what we did, it was like the week before the season, we're like, we'll just leave them empty. You know, we'll drop all his players, leave them empty, and – or no, we didn't drop his players, but we left him empty. And everybody got a free pass that week. For We had a 13-week season. Everyone played everyone once. And uh, when they played that guy, he, he, it was basically a bye week. So if that's your plan is to have, I don't know, an 11, 12, 13-week schedule and everybody plays that guy once or twice and it's a free win every time you play him and everybody plays him the same amount of times, then cool. If you like Ryan said, if you can figure out the schedule, go for it. I have no problem with an eleven team league. Um, if you have a, I'd love, I'd love to hear the way that you're planning on doing it. But for most, most of the time, Ryan's right. You just find an owner. <laughs> but uh, I'm all for creative uh, solutions to leagues. That's that's definitely something I'm, I love. Uh, Nathan Powell, uh, I've heard of this guy. Our, our only guest. Our only guest. He he might he might go down in the annals of commission commission impossible history as the only guest too. Uh, yeah. What's the craziest league idea that you didn't start because of not enough interest, or not wanting to work out all the details? Ryan, you said you had a story on this. Yeah, I I, um, I had one that I came up with, and I don't 
I don't really remember, I guess, what the inspiration behind this was. Um, but it, there were just too many, like Nathan said, just too many variables to work out. Um, I did, I, I had mentioned this and maybe a couple times on Twitter and, and, and there were people interested. Um, so that wasn't the issue, but just the managing of this would, would have been yeah. a challenge. Um, so basically the idea was in the league, you have one draft in the entirety of the league. So the league starts with a 100 round draft <laughs> and I like it already. Any, anybody is eligible. Obviously NFL players are eligible. You can draft current college players. You can draft high school players. If you, if you follow recruiting or if you want to, if you want to take Antonio Brown's son, go for it. Why not? <laughs> uh, basically anybody is eligible for this draft, but you have, that's it, a 100-round draft, one time to begin the league. No rookie drafts, no Devi drafts, no free agent drafts, no transactions. Well, I should say no waivers. You can trade, of course, um, and and run it as a best ball league. And it would, uh, and that was it. I, I didn't. There would, like I said, there would be a lot to work out as far as the details and uh, things like that. But that's as far as I got, and and didn't take it any further. One draft, that's it. Just let it run. I like it. Yeah. I do like it. I will say that I don't have any stories like this. I've thought about it. I've had lots of crazy league ideas, but I've ended up impl implementing those ideas in other leagues uh, over the years or created leagues with most of those ideas. I don't think there's one specific league type, like interesting idea that I just couldn't make work because, I don't know, either I toned it down enough or I put you know, the parts I liked into other leagues. So I don't have really anything I, that I can think of. I feel like, and, and I've tried some different things over the years. We've talked about probably most of those on here. Um, I built an entire league around um, the second chance rule, which allows you to give up your team at the end of every mm -hmm. season. Other than that rule, the league is pretty basic. And that league is still around where, um, we're six or seven years in now. Um, I built one league all around old players versus young players. So uh, you had to choose your side, and uh, depending on uh, which side you were on, that determined which age players you could you could have on your roster. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, I, I did the Catch-22 leagues, which are um, – ending year two now with the the idea that you don't participate in the startup draft you only um you build your team through waivers and then you get the entire first round uh, rookie drafts that next year and on that note i will throw in that um that was my team i built my team from the waiver wire i think i won two games that first year <laughs> uh but then i got the entire first round of this draft class I did make a few trades, so I didn't. I didn't make all twelve picks, but um, I'm playing for the championship this week. So that's that was a pretty quick turnaround, which is probably to be expected with this draft class that we've got. Um, but w w my point was, I found that when I build those leagues around just one unique rule or unique aspect, they don't tend to last right? Mm -hmm. uh, people kind of lose interest in that unique piece or it, it goes away and then it just becomes kind of a normal basic league, which is not, not always a bad thing. But 
with the kitchen sink leagues, I took a lot of different things and put them together, uh, a lot of unique rules. And I think that's what you've done with pigs, with, yeah. with pigs and, and probably with a few of your other leagues as well. But building a, a league around one cool idea or one experiment you want to try is probably not the best, uh, the best method. Right. Yeah. I, I tried something in the vein of, uh, catch 22 uh this was after you guys did catch 22 but i called it come at the king where a guy got the entire first round of the draft uh, i believe you did one of those and that also spectacular failure um the king won almost every single one of those except for one i think uh, yeah i was the king and i think i think i was the was that the one that didn't win no or no did, you won you won i won oh i couldn't yeah. remember so yeah. that yeah that was um those are redraft leagues. And I, I mean, I, I love those interesting, unique ideas. It, it makes, yeah. um, I hope people keep coming up with them and tell yeah, us when you do, cause I like hearing them. Right. It makes, it makes for a fun challenge for, for both sides or for everyone in the league. But I think it also tells us a lot about, um, just fantasy football in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, with, with catch 22, it, it, showed me how important the waiver wire was. Uh, I got Tyreek Hill. I got Dak Prescott. I got some other Ooh, Marquise nice. Lee, guys like that. I, I later dropped Tyreek Hill, so don't don't give me too much credit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just being active and playing that waiver wire can get you. It forces you to do those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, I should mention here before we get too much further, I w- will have another episode soon, very soon. Because I'm at work, I'm in I'm in our podcast studio here at Fanball, and uh, I was not able to log into the Commission Impossible Gmail account. I forgot the password apparently, and I know there are at least ten emails, so we will probably hit those on an episode very soon. Uh, Ryan and I, Ryan's off for Christmas break, and you know I can we we'll, we'll get another episode out there. But for now, let's move on to at DHH Tyler Tyler Gunther. I met him. The other day, at oh, a Minnesota, yeah? yeah, Minnesota fantasy football get together. Um, I'm I'm jealous of you guys. So many guys in Minnesota. There's um, there's a lot of Chicago people. There's you know, there's nobody. There's nobody around Louisville. <laughs> nobody in Kentucky. We we should set up a, a get together closer there, and I'll fly out. I flew out. I flew out for the Chicago one. So uh, I'm willing to fly out for those to meet some meet people. It's it's pretty fun. Um, Tyler asks, how can we spread out winnings more? Uh, here's something, this is funny because I did this in my leagues probably in the early to mid two thousands and then stopped doing it. I don't know why. Um, and I've, I brought it back for pigs too. And I think I'm going to do it more often going forward. But one thing I like to do, um, at least in pigs two and pigs three upcoming is if you make the playoffs, you get money. You advance around, you get money. You advance another round, you get money. Like you get money for every round of the playoffs. Uh, and there has to be money involved f- for the uh, toilet bowl as well. Um, a lot of people mentioned, you know, weekly high scores, get money for that. Uh, if if your league is okay, you know, crushing that first and second place prot <laughs> down to, you know, smaller amounts uh, and dividing it up, uh, that could be really fun. And people walk away from a season where there's money divided up, you know, happy with that. I feel like, um, do you have any ways that you spread money around other than that 
Frank. Uh, Frank. <laughs> He's oh, not here. Outtake. Outtake. <laughs> um, yeah, so in my hyperactive leagues, we do the weekly high score is uh, just a $5 payout. Um, so that's one way that even if you're a team that's maybe not going to make the playoffs, you can still uh, still have a little something to play for at least. Yeah, that, that's uh, only 80 bucks over the season too. So, and if you, right. and less if you only do regular season. Yeah, yeah, we just do regular season actually. Um, it does bring the uh, bring the bigger pots down a little bit. Um, you know, honestly, I hate I hate thinking about talking about the the prize payouts because there's so many ways to do it. Yeah, it's one of those things that you're never going to make everybody happy. Um, when I would start new leagues and years ago, I would take input and get suggestions from people in the league. And it was, it was always 10 different answers or 10 yep. different ways it should be done. And, and I finally just kind of came up with, with the way I thought was a, a fair way to do it. And that's what we went with. And um, some people, most people have been happy with that. Some people have left the league because of that and, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, as far as spreading them out for regarding Tyler's question, I, I think, um, both the things you mentioned there, the weekly payouts and earning something just for making the playoffs is, is the way to do that. That's what we do in kitchen sink. You basically, if you make the playoffs, you make your money back. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a big, um, it's a big advantage to make the playoffs. If, if one of our leagues is a hundred dollar league, you make the playoffs, that's a hundred bucks, even if you're the sixth seed. Um, but then there's no, we don't have any payouts for advancing unless you get to the title game. Wow, that's that that's a nice way to do it. I have not done a league like that where it's just money back with playoffs. Basically basically that says, you know, half your pot is to make the playoffs and the other half is for winning slash second, whatever. I like that. I really like that. It's um, a simple way to do it. Uh, yeah. And and I do think a, a lot of times when we're looking at our dynasty teams, it's it's coming down towards the end of the season and you're in seventh or eighth or ninth place. You've got to make that decision. A lot of times I think as dynasty owners, we're apt to give up and trade Larry Fitzgerald or, you know, trade these players, try to get some picks and just give up on the season. But with that, knowing that you can make a, a significant amount based on the entry of the league, then it, it encourages, encourages people to go for it. Yep, absolutely. And that's what happens happened in picks to this, this last year. I'm going to throw out this example when people realized there was money just for making the playoffs in my specific division, which was the probably the worst division, uh, a couple different teams decided to try to trade and load up just to make the playoffs. And my division went from the easiest division to the toughest division because of that. Uh, and, and once again, the, 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 the pay for advancement. I was up against Terminal Kennedy, our boy Jason Ryan. You know him. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, he, he's one of a handful of people that I would have no problem turning over the keys to any of my dynasty teams to. That guy is so good. So good. But uh, I played him last week in the semifinal with, you know, and, and advancing in that league is $75. And there, there was some juice on the line. You know, I yeah. felt it. Uh, it's, it's nice knowing that each win is money. So. All right, let's let's move on. We spent a lot of time there. <laughs> At Levi Andrew FF says, "What's your guys' take on tanking in Dynasty? 
should you have to start a valid roster till the playoffs and then start the toilet bowl and you can tank there? Those are really two different questions. Um, the first one, tanking on Dynasty, for me, I'm a little more loose recently. Uh, but if you're – I will say here's the caveat. If your playoff is mostly head-to-head stuff, I'm pretty against tanking, you know, because that really hurts later in the season. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm loosening up. I'm, I'm a little more okay with it. Ryan, I think you're a little harder on it, right? Well, in theory, yes. I mean, I'm against it. I have rules against it. Um, I hate monitoring it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I commission, yeah, and this is, I know this is, this is on me, but I mean, I commission a bunch of leagues and honestly, it's just impossible to check every single roster, yep. you know, like, Oh, they, they started Eli Manning instead of Drew Brees. Is that tanking? Like, you know, it's, I mean, there, there's obvious issues with starting players that are out, starting players that are on by those, those things are easier to catch. Um, but still, I just I, I hate the monitoring of it so much, yeah. and I hate the, um, I guess the the punishment. Um, I mean, honestly, sometimes it just feels petty to send an email and say, "Why did you start this guy over this guy?" Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I, personally, I'm moving more towards manage your team however you want. Uh, my rules haven't caught up to that mindset yet though. So maybe, right. maybe that's a job for this off season. Nice. Yeah. I think that's part of why my mindset shifted is just the monitoring monitoring and, you know, trying to second guess people's decisions when it's brought up. Uh, I, yeah. I think, I think part of why I've, I've started started to loosen on that is, is that same exact reason as for starting a valid re- roster in the regular season, then being able to tank in the toilet bowl. Honestly, I don't know that I care. <laughs> you know, like, uh, why? what's the point of tanking in a toilet bowl? It, it, either it's for something, why would you tank? Or it's not for something, and who cares if you tank? Um, it, 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 I guess it depends on how your draft order is set. But, I mean, you know, either you're for tank, you're okay with, you know, some level of tanking or you're not. I, I don't know that the playoffs toilet bowl thing matters to me. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure about that question either. Maybe I'm misreading it. I, I can't imagine why you would want to tank in the toilet bowl or in any playoff system. But um, I still see, I see teams that do it. Maybe not. Huh. I assume not intentionally. But every year, no matter how long these people have been in the league, no matter how how long the leagues have been around, I send the email. You know, the toilet bowl is to earn an extra first round pick. And every single year there's teams not starting a roster. They know they didn't make the playoffs. So whether they don't care, whether they just forget, whether they're so used to trying to submit a bad lineup over the past several <laughs> weeks. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but when that happens in the, in the toilet bowl, I, I just laugh because they're only yeah. hurting themselves. Exactly. They're only helping somebody else who's going to get an extra first round pick. Um, so I don't. Yeah. It really no, depends on how your toilet bowl set up, I guess, but right. I don't see the point. Uh, at C Snyder one twenty eight, Corey, I know Corey, uh, good owner, by the way. Um, tie break head to head or points for, a one division league. Uh, 
Oof, that's interesting. It's points for me. Yeah, it's it's generally always points for me. Um, yeah, I can't see a scenario in which it's not points in a one division league. If 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 it's an old school league where there's two or three divisions and like there's some like divisional rivalry to it, then I can see it head to head. But in a one division league, it just feels like points is probably the way to go. Uh, Richard in BK. I wonder if he's in a Burger King. Mm. What else? What else could be BK, Ryan? Maybe he's in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, have you ever done league expansion or contraction? We we have definitely talked about this several times over the course of this show. We have. I have never done a contraction. I have done an expansion uh, twice. Uh, both times I had the teams cut down uh, to the starting roster plus I can't remember what it was in our leagues. It was plus, I think it was actually like double the starting roster because these are deep dynasties. But uh, basically what we've come to the conclusion of is starting roster plus a, a certain amount of players that you feel is, uh, is a good amount for expansion. Bring in the two new teams. They do an expansion draft with those players and they also get uh, either the first two or four rookie picks. Um, if it's two new teams, they they get you know the the first maybe four rookie picks, and you know they that that way they get each get two of the top four rookies. Uh, pretty fair way to do it. Contraction, I have not done. Um, I guess it'd just be like a dispersal among all the like if you're going from fourteen to twelve, take all those players from the two extra teams and do a dispersal, right, Ryan? I would think so. Um, you could do an additional draft, or or you could just include them in the rookie draft, which um, yeah would add yeah. add an element there as well. Um, and I agree with everything you said on the expansion. and And just to clarify, when you're saying a starting a starting lineup, at least I think you're you're talking about sheer numbers, not you have to keep a kicker, you have to keep Correct. whatever. Yep. It's if you start nine players, you keep nine plus whatever the, the additional amount is. Exactly. So if, you want, if you want to keep eight running backs, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I mean. Yep. Just the, just, just the pure number, not the, not the positions. Uh, yep, exactly. Uh, David, David Ilgin, Lilgin. I don't know. I might copy this weird bits at Mr. X Dave. In a two QB league, we had a last place player picking up QBs off waivers in what seems to be collusion, although we cannot prove it. Okay, I got it. So a last police team was picking QBs off the waivers so that a guy that was still in the running couldn't get a QB. So, yeah, I can either that guy's just being, uh, you know, a, a C block or a douchebag, or maybe there's con collusion. Um, Next year, we want a rule that does not allow non-playoff teams to make ad drops. Is that a good rule or too much freedom taken away? This is tough. Wow. If you caught all that, Ryan, in my clumsy way of saying it, uh, basically they want to say, hey, non once you're out of the playoff race, you can't make ad drops. I hate that idea in Dynasty. I understand the reason for it, but... Too many times Jimmy Graham or Arian Foster or something pops up at the end of a season, and for a non-playoff team to have no chance at getting them would suck. 
<clears throat> excuse me, a, a couple things I noticed there. Um, first, I, I like that he said waivers aren't totally shut off. They're, they're only um, – those non-playoff teams are only locked out until waivers clear on Wednesday. So waivers oh. run – I did not see that. Okay. Yeah. Right. So waivers run for the playoff teams. And if you're going after a, a replacement tight end or a new defense or kicker or something, <coughs> excuse me, um, then, then you can grab those. And then later in the week, everybody is, is allowed. So uh, normally I would say, I don't like that rule either that um, I, I want rules that encourage teams and owners to be as active as possible. And that's why, uh, I like year-round waivers. Um, so normally don't like that rule. I do kind of like the caveat that he has there. But going back to the original question. Hard I, to manage as a commissioner, though. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Um, I, I hate leagues where players are locked when they're dropped. And this yeah. is one reason why. If you, oh, if you have – Thank you. Yeah. If you, if you have basically first-come, first-served waivers – during open waiver periods, then this would not be an issue. Now, maybe you still have the last place team picking up five or six quarterbacks and keeping them on their roster if they have rooms. That that wouldn't prevent uh, that piece of it. But to me, it sounds like this guy's picking up a quarterback, dropping, picking up, dropping, just to make sure those players are locked. And, um, yeah, that's – that's just a pretty weak move, no matter what. Um, the other, if you want to keep those players locked, if you want to keep that waiver system, I guess the other rule you could implement is once you pick up a player, you have to keep keep him through the next week's games. But that's also limiting. Um, and non-playoff teams wouldn't even care about that, too. Right, right. But you, in this situation, he might not have the room to pick up that's true. six quarterbacks and drop them. So if he's picking up Nick Foles, he has to keep, he has to keep him. So, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a, a, a pretty hot take for, for me anyway, on this. Oh, all right. Um, who cares? I mean, uh, <laughs> sure. The, the, the guy, the guy, the non-playoff team has grabbed all these cute quarterbacks to make the Wentz owner lose. Um, why didn't the Wentz owner get on top of it? You know, like I, I, I understand it, it sucks. Um, but what's to stop any team from doing that? Well, once I, I get that for sure. Once you're to this, this period where you can pick up and drop, pick up and drop, meaning waivers are open waivers have already processed. Right. Then yeah, it's, it's kind of your own fault. Um, if you, yeah, the, I mean, the, the Wentz owner should have put in a, a good size bid for his quarterback for a quarterback there because yeah. it, it's not like it's not like Wentz was, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson lost, you know, Wednesday or something during the week. Wentz, we knew Monday, you know, so uh, well, th that's a really specific example, but uh, I don't know. I, I think your rule, the, your idea for this rule is okay. You know, the everybody gets a shot at waivers, and then, then after that, non-playoff teams can't make ad drops. But I, I just, I think it's such a rare thing for a team to do that. Um, yeah. That that's I what I was gonna say. I don't, I don't normally like to make rules based on just a one-time situation. If exactly. This is, if this is something that's happening every year in your league, then first of all, you probably need 
new friends or new league mates. But uh, second of all, it, yeah, I mean, if it's just a one-time thing, sorry. It, it does suck this year. Yeah, it's a tough question, Dave. <laughs> it's it, it's got us a little bit stumped, but I I think we had some a few answers in there. <laughs> Uh, Justin at jkatesel85, how do you handle low participation in MFL polls regarding league changes? You know, I'm going to stop right there. They're mandatory in my leagues. How about yes. you, Ryan? Yep, yep, mandatory. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's really easy if if you're willing to kind of lay the hammer down because as a commissioner, you have options to take away. Um, trade rights to take away waiver rights to take away lineup submission rights and that that's all you have to do you don't have trade rights until you vote in this poll and as yep. a commissioner you can see who has voted who has not and if you get to a situation where somebody's not voting and they don't even care that they've lost trade rights for a week two weeks a month during the off season then maybe that's a sign you need a new owner I will say to answer the rest of your question, and I'm a thousand percent on board with Ryan. You you have a lot of things you can hold over an owner for not voting. Um, if if you do want to be a little looser, uh, you're saying seven to ten people vote. Uh, a lot of times, I just go with majority, as in, um, well, it depends on what it is. Some rules. I need at least 50% of the, I don't know. Uh, just make them all vote. Just make them all vote. <laughs> That's the main thing here, I think. So uh, there's different ways to do voting, but just make them all vote, and then you, that, that eliminates all the other issues. Uh, Sean Solberg, at SeanDog85. Wow, that's the second in a row with 85 in their Twitter handle. I'm mm. interested... Starting a charity-oriented charity dynasty, a charity-oriented league inspired by SFB. That is awesome. Uh, suggestions on free, cheap league hosting solutions. Other hurdles. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of hurdles. I mean, just as far as collecting money, it's the same things. Only you just keep the the portion that goes to charity and donate it. Uh, as far as the hosting solutions, a lot of pe there's a lot of free ones, right? I mean, what's your favorite free one, Ryan? Is it Flea Flicker? Is it yeah. ESPN? No, I, I would go Flea Flicker for sure. It feels like Flea Flicker is better to host Dynasty. Is that is that fair to say? It seems like of, of I think else. so. Yeah, I believe Fantrax is free too. I think they do Dynasty. I'm not 100 percent positive. I think um, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. You can reach out to at People's Pen with a, a Z people's with a z and uh he can tell you all about fan or add fan tracks and they, they probably or add flea ficker i think those are options used a lot at billy bowerman do your playoff rounds recede with each round do you run any leagues that don't recede recede if so why uh yes and yes how about you ryan <laughs> uh, i would say yes and no i don't think so yeah i think all of my leagues recede um i mean i can see some reason i'll i'll let you handle most of this one since you have some that don't but i i think there's you know if you're thinking about the ncaa tournament it's kind of luck of the draw you're going to have some upsets and that leads to easier matchups for teams in the second or third round um, but that's that's part of the game. So yep. we we do reseed in my leagues, but I wouldn't have a strong argument against it. 
Yep. I, I have leagues that recede and I have leagues that don't. Um, the ones that don't uh, are mostly because they're division-based. Uh, I They're, they're kind of old school and they believe that the division, you fight throughout for the division. So three teams make it in this division, three teams in the other, and they play their way to the championship, kind of like the AFC and NFC. So there's no receding. They just stay in division. And I think that that's a perfectly fine way to do it. Um, otherwise, you recede. And if you if you play if you play in a league that does not recede, and you should set it up so the four five plays the one seed and the three six plays the two seed, because you just have to assume that the higher seed will advance. Um, so that's not always going to happen, but that's how you set up for a non receding. Uh, but otherwise, they generally do. At W Sports asks, as an owner, how do you nicely oust a commissioner no one wants anymore, but you wish the commission to remain as an owner? Uh, I don't know. I saw one of the replies was pay for his league fees, but I don't think I would even go that far. But I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Do you have it? I don't know that there's an easy way. No, there's there's not an easy way. I mean, this is more of a uh, interpersonal situation yes. than really than a, a fantasy football deal. I guess I would want to know why he or why they want him out as commissioner. Um, because generally I would imagine if, if you don't want him as commissioner, you probably don't want to play with them either. So, um, that, that's really the tricky part. Um, and then it also depends if, again, if these are, um, real world friendships and relationships, or if it's just an online thing, I think that maybe would matter a little bit or might change the situation. Um, but overall, yeah, there's, there's not an easy way. It's, it's one of those tough, tough talks, right? Like we call it, yeah. come, we call it come to Jesus meetings in, in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think this is a rip off the bandaid situation. Cause I mean, you could try to be sneaky about it and be like, hey, let's, you know, try having a different commissioner each year or something and <laughs> and then just never bring it back to him or whatever. But honestly, this might be a Band-Aid situation just or come to Jesus meeting situation. Just you just you just yeah. got to do it. And yep. ho hopefully he stays. Or not. Zachary. Yeah, or not, you know. If there's too much drama after that happens, and may, maybe you don't want him anymore, he doesn't want to anymore. I, I, yeah. Uh, either way, for the good of the league, he should not be commish if a lot of the owners don't want him to be. At Schultz Dynasty asks, team playing for one-on-one has a guy ruled out for Monday night game. Either guy on his bench could be started in the Monday night game, giving him a win, possibly losing the one-on-one. How do you handle this? basically a tanking situation in my, in my eye here. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on how you've handled it in the, in the past. Uh, yeah. I've had situations where I have gone in and changed lineups um, after games have started because of this. And if that's something that has happened in this league, then I don't have any problem with that, uh, that move to fix this. But if that's something that's never been done, if lineups have never been adjusted uh, post uh, post kickoff, then you probably can't do it 
you know, you can't do it this time either. Um, now there can still be a punishment if you have, if tanking is included in your rules or uh, something like that, then, you know, maybe it's a loss of a draft pick. Maybe it's the owner being removed. Um, but if that's something that hasn't been addressed, there's not much to do. Yeah, that is really tough. It, it all depends on the, the ruling out too. Uh, my my leagues have a twenty four. If a guy is ruled out within twenty four or twenty four hours before the game, you have to. Uh, there's a punishment if you don't switch them. But I'd never thought about the Monday night aspect because if you're ruled out twenty like Sunday afternoon, you've lost a lot of your options. So that's yeah. really tough. But in this specific situation. Uh, he's got a guy on his bench that can be started Monday night and would give him a win. If if you got a viable guy, you can start. Uh, and it's not just like a scrub, especially. I, I think you got to go in and change that, you know, if you have tanking rules. I think Ryan's got it on the head here. Uh, wow, we got about five left. <laughs> can we power through him, for, Ryan? Let's do it. That is almost the second time I called you Frank. I don't even. This is so weird having just you here. Uh, we're we're missing Frank. It's also because I was reading the name Frank, as in our next question. Frank Tomko at F Tomko is six of ten teams to make the playoffs too many. And what are the benefits of a doubleheader schedule compared to one to head to head? I will let you answer the second half. The first half, I will say yes. 60% of your teams making the playoffs is too many, in my opinion. Um, I do have – my home league is a 10-team league where six makes the playoffs. I don't like it, but it took – we did not get PPR until three years ago. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to push the issue on that one. <laughs> so I, I like that you say we didn't get PPR, like, you know, until three years ago. Like, it's a – like it's high speed internet or something. <laughs> exactly. It didn't it didn't get to us until three years ago. Yeah. We'd well, heard of it. They've got it out in California, but it it didn't get to us. Yeah, we got rid of we got PPR, we got rid of defenses and kickers within the last three years. So okay. I'm not gonna talk about the home league there, but moving uh, in the right direction. Yeah. Um yeah, so I agree with you. Six six out of ten is too many. I think half is definitely the the cutoff. Um and that's and less than that is is acceptable certainly, but I think more than half is is too many. Um, as far as double headers, we do use double headers in uh, kitchen sink and in a couple of my other leagues as well. I think it just gets you a more accurate portrayal of of who your better teams are. Um, if you're playing one game a week, you're going to have those lucky wins where you're the top scorer and you outscore the uh, the second. I guess the second best score, you know, not that that's a lucky win, but that's a, that's kind of a tough spot for that, um, that high score. And, it, but you're going to have games like that where it's the one result is not necessarily representative of who the best teams are or, or anything like that. So doing double headers, I think, uh, I think does that a little bit better and yeah, two games. I mean, two games is, are more fun to follow than one, I guess. Yeah. There's, there's a little, there's a little, uh, I, I think it almost creates a little more rivalry too, you know, going into that second week, knowing you're up or down. Um, it, it's, there, there's definitely some fun in that, uh, that lasts a full week. 
Brent Hikes at Brent Hikes or Heeks Hikes. I don't know. Oh, he's got a bunch of questions. We'll start with the easy one. Kickers or no kickers, Ryan? No, no kickers. No. no. Yep. Uh, what do you think about compensatory picks to the toilet bowl champ, which is something Ryan created? So obviously, Ryan. <laughs> I, I like that rule. It's a good it's a rule. Good, it's a good rule. Uh, long time, long time ago, you got you you brought that in. Um, I like that rule as well. And how do you stop tanking? Oh man. <laughs> uh, okay. I, yeah, we already talked about it. I hate tanking. Really, the only way to stop it, and this doesn't even stop it necessarily. But you kick people out one time, yeah. zero tolerance. You tank, you're out. That's it. Now that's easier said than done. If you're in a, if you're in a friends and family league, you pretty much can't do that. If you're in a a league like Scott that you and I play in, that we we play with people that we feel like like we know, uh, that we interact with pretty often on Twitter or in our other leagues, um, it it becomes tougher to do. It so, does. But that's that's the way to stop it. I I do have a guy in in one of my leagues. I'm not even going to name the league or the person because I'm still debating. Did not set a lineup twice and did not set a lineup in week one of the toilet bowl. And I, there's about a 96 percent chance I'm going to kick him out. Yeah. Uh, the four percent is exactly what you're talking about. I know him. We all know him. You know he's he's an okay guy. I uh, might have just slipped through the cracks <laughs> a little, but um, I mean, answering these questions are a lot like answering trade questions. Yeah. You know, like if you have a tough trade question and you come and ask me for advice, I can give you an answer without much thought <clears throat> and, and I can move on because I don't have anything invested. So right. you, if you say, Oh, should I trade Mike Evans for David Johnson? I can say, yeah, go for it. Do it because it doesn't really affect me, but, and that's the same with, with this. If you say, Hey, this guy had, um, he missed two lineups and then he did this. Should I kick him out? I say, sure. Yeah. Kick him out. And, and maybe that's the right answer, but in your shoes, it's still hard to make that trade. So it's, tough. it's still hard to kick somebody out. Um, Nathan will hate this, but potential points <clears throat> or points possible. I've heard it working in a lot of leagues. There are some philosophical reasons not to do it uh, that Nathan has pointed out. And I do agree with a lot of what Nathan has said, but that works for some people. Um, not really my speed. I'm, I'm more on being okay with tanking to a degree. So especially well, subtle tanking. Yeah. The other, the other thing you could do if you don't want to go as far as kicking somebody out is a, a loss of draft pick. Yep. yep. Um, That'll shut it up real quick, especially right. if it's a first. Right. And I mean, I think the re the the easiest way you could do it is if there's an issue with tanking, whether that's starting a player on buy, starting a player who's been ruled out 24 hours in advance, or a blatant start sit that goes the other way, then you lose your third round draft pick. And maybe maybe some teams are willing to take the hit to get a better a better draft slot um and then second violation round two third violation round th round one um but honestly if you're if you're tanking three times in a season that's probably kick out 
Yeah, may, so maybe it's maybe it's round two, round one, and then third time you're you're completely out of the league. Maybe that's like the better it. option. Escalating punishment. I like it. Um, his last question: How many roster spots on a sixteen-team dynasty? Uh, I have a very pretty pretty easy rule usually on dynasty leagues. I I believe that your full roster, and this can include taxing and uh, and IR as well, should be two and a half to three times your starting lineup. I, I feel like that's a pretty fair amount. So whatever your starting lineup is, 16 teams is pretty, you know, the, the pool becomes shallow, so maybe closer to two and a half. But I say two and a half to three times your starting lineup. What do you think, Ryan? I think that's spot on. Spot on. Spot on. You nailed it. All right. At Corvette8598. That is the third one with 85 in their Twitter handle right now. What is going on here? Uh, as a commissioner for both of these questions, what is the way, best way to go about removing the kicker and defense from a league? Uh, league vote. Just you know, keep hammering at them. I know it's tough, but some leagues don't want to change. But just keep hammering at them. I don't. Maybe you got something else, Ryan. But I just got to keep going. Yeah, league, league vote's the way to do it. I, I do think it's easier to remove kicker than defense. Uh, we still have. Uh, we still have defense in the hyperactive leagues, uh, and we we did finally remove kicker probably about that same time, Scott, probably about three years ago. Um, defense, some of the uh, some of the people in, in the league want to hang on to that a, a little tighter. Maybe I'll try again this offseason to get that. <laughs> but, yeah, league vote. League vote. Uh, was the most fair way to shift a league to a super flex from start one? Should both these be attempted? Uh, absolutely. And super flex from start one, I like to say two draft cycles. So uh, get your lead to vote on it. If they want it, you do the draft, you play a season, you do another draft, and then you start playing with super flex. That gives people more than enough time and two drafts to address their QB depth. Um, anything else, Ryan? Because I, I feel like that's, that's, that's the way I, I think you should do it. I think that's the way almost that you have to do it. And he said, should these be attempted? I would almost say the super flex change should not be attempted. Oh if yeah. You, if you saying. are going to try it, then I think you have to give that time period, like you mentioned, which is essentially two years. And by that point, I, I just don't know if it's worth it. I, I think I would just go find a, a, a super flex league if that's what I was looking for. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's more of like a home league. I love all these guys kind of thing. You know, we want to change our leagues to Superflex. Otherwise, yeah, you can just go find a Superflex. They're out there. Yeah. Uh, my, Patrick, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. My, my home league, which I have uh, been in for two years, uh, they actually go back to Superflex. It's, it's basic, but they, there was one-year warning. And... Um, yeah, we we did actually have two drafts, so huh. um, we I guess we we fit it in uh, in your timetable, but it's it's been fine. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, at Pat Wright QB, is this really Pat Wright? Oh no, that's Pat White. I'm thinking about. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh man, we almost had a celebrity <laughs> chiming in. Uh, at Pat Wright QB, celebrity a little loose there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a cele he's a celebrity at uh, what was it? Vir West Virginia, West Virginia. Virginia, West Virginia. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, starting new dynasty. My biggest concern is the off season. Does MFL lock rosters or anything? 
thing? No, they don't. They keep everything wide open. There's a there's a usually a week or two period there in February where they're updating some things, but other than that, you're good to go all season long, pretty much. So I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, hopefully, you know, last season they last off season they had a couple of rough patches, but yeah, for the most part, uh, I I can't stress MFL any more than I any more than anyone else for Dynasty. They're they're the best, I think. Absolutely. At Jets Life, <laughs> whose Twitter name is 48 Year Rebuild, which is mm, funny. Perfect. Uh, tanking for or against. We've already talked about that so many times. Uh, I didn't even see that in here, but we answered your <laughs> question earlier, Jets Life. Um, hope you listen. Yeah, hopefully you didn't fast forward just to hear your name and then. <laughs> uh, at Top Gun Stealer, six team keeper league. Single digit rounds stay that way forever. Double digit increase one per year. Talking about keepers here. Mm -hmm. Waiver keepers count as round 10. Uh, have problem with talent availability and good players seem to get drafted higher. Talent availability an issue. No waivers, keepers, all round slide. I'm having a little trouble uh, digesting this on first read. I probably should have read it prior. Um, if you have a thought, otherwise, Ryan, you can go. Otherwise, I'm going to try to figure this out and edit it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a tough spot. So basically, because keepers, single-digit keepers, one through nine, are locked in, people are taking a shot on um, those talented players maybe earlier than they would have um in a typical draft, regardless of their situation. So, um, you know, Mike Williams is drafted in yeah. kind of a crowded situation and maybe he might slide normally in, in a league, but you take him in round eight or round nine because you get to keep him forever at that, uh, at that exactly. evaluation. Yeah. I, I <clears> guess <throat> the like round eight, round nine, people are taking, you know, real stabs at guys that shouldn't, normally fall. I, right. I think my biggest question is here, how many are you keeping? You know, like if you cut it down to only keep, it's a six team keeper league, six teams, your teams are already stacked. How many are you keeping each year that, that there's this, this little talent, this talent availability issue? I, I think probably the easiest way that comes to mind to fix this and and hopefully this is already happening with six teams in the league. Uh, you've got to have huge huge starting lineups. Yeah, uh, really, like you have to start fifteen players at least. Um, that will I, I think that will help. And I don't know how long the league's been going, but if you're taking good solid players in round 10, 11, 12, and and so on, and they're increasing by a year. One, my question would be, when they hit single digits, do they continue to increase? Okay, so if you have a, if you keep a 10th round, or if you draft a player in the 10th round, double-digit rounds increase one year. So next year, now he's a ninth-round keeper. Now is he locked in as a ninth-round keeper, or does he continue to increase? I would say he should continue to increase, which would force your hand a little bit and, and make some more talent available. See, I love the thought process behind all of this. As a commissioner, I sit here and go, man, I don't want to keep track of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with Ryan. If you get a waiver guy in round 10, 
or a guy, Pat Ron Tenner later, they should always increase. They shouldn't just be ninth rounders forever once they get up to that. Well, and you're um, going to have players stack. Like I'm, I'm in one keeper league, my home league that I mentioned, and there have been times where I had two players I wanted to keep as, as seventh rounders. Right. And um, so to keep those two players, it's going to cost me my seventh round pick and my sixth round pick. Right. Um, and eventually it just becomes too expensive to do that. And if this league has been around for more than two or three years, I would, I would assume things like that are happening there as well. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine as well. Um, the all round slide thing, you know, that, that could definitely help because some of those really, really, really talented guys will end up going back to the draft. We're talking the OBJs and stuff. They will never stay on a team if all rounds consistently slide. Um, but then there's the problem. I think you've developed this system because you want to be able to keep those top nine round guys. You, you, if you have an OBJ, you want to be able to keep him forever. And I think that's why you developed this. So the all round slide, I don't think is going to work with the mentality that you put forward. Um, I think you could just cut the, the locked group though. Right now it's single digits. Um, you've got six teams. Maybe you just make the top six rounds lock or, or the top four rounds. Oh yeah, that could work. Yeah. Yeah, nine is really high for that, um, especially, especially in six teams. Six yeah. teams, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so maybe that's your answer is is lock fewer rounds and have all rounds up until round three or four or five or six, whatever, slide. But nine rounds, yeah, that might be that might be the point where it's too excessive. I'm, I want to hear more about this, actually. So I hope, uh, I hope he stays in touch with the show. Last question. At FF Pod Listener. Oh, and hopefully he's listening. <laughs> my question is, how do I get a, my commission to do away with kickers and defense? I think we kind of just talked about that. Um, is there is there a way to rally his league mates? I mean, well, I, I do know that there have been a couple of great articles on DLF about, especially focused on um, getting rid of the kicker. I think I think it's actually called kick the kicker. Uh, those get tweeted out. Um, a couple times a year, even though they're they're several years old at this point, but they're still very relevant in this type of situation. You can probably search that too. Kick yep. the kicker. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to uh, I'll try to tweet that out. Um, but th I mean, that's that's where I would start is sharing that with Evidence. my league mates. Yeah. Yes, yeah, using that uh, to hopefully convince somebody, uh, especially the commissioner and. Um, I mean, if you've got a a rule suggestion like this, and it's a reasonable one, the commissioner should at least be willing to put it up for a league vote. Yeah, and even if not, even if your commission is really only really tight with league rules, like he doesn't do it often, at least get a league discussion going because I'm sure you're going to find several people on your side that can help aid in that uh, in that rally. You know. Um, yep. All right, that's that's our show. It feels like a longer one, but that's all right because you only get, you know, ten per year apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will have another one pretty soon, probably in early January, I would imagine. So be on the lookout for that. Um, as always, uh, rate and review, please. That'd be awesome. Subscribe to this podcast, even though it's not very often. Uh, there's lots of other DLF 
podcasts. Ryan is now on the the main the the, the flagship DLF yes, podcast. I am. Oh, very nice. You enjoying that? You uh, with Matt? Matt Price. Is it you and Matt? Yeah, and, and Dan Myler. Yeah, and Dan Myler. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's enjoying awesome. That. Good good conversation each week. Very awesome. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to all the DLF podcasts. I uh, we also do the Bull Rush podcast. Subscribe to that. Uh, at Bull Rush Podcast on Twitter, probably something like that. I don't probably. know, but search for it in iTunes. Bull Rush Podcast. Uh, I think that's that's about all we need to plug right now, right, Ryan? We good? I think that's it. We're good. Let, we're good. Let's call it a day. Uh, thank you for listening. Ryan is at RyanMC23 on Twitter. I am at Scottfish24 on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Feel free to send commish pod questions to uh, commishpod at gmail.com and uh, at commishpodcast on Twitter. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> yeah, I'll be drinking during so. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those days. That everybody's uh, everybody's drinking whiskey today here. So that's a that's a good job. That never ha- <laughs> that never happens at Wright Elementary. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I would I I would have figured teachers would need to drink more. Well, they do. <laughs> Hang on, I'll be right back.